You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. Minnie Sun is one of the co-founders of Taiwan Mixed, a platform that aggregates English content on Taiwan. She was in Taipei when I spoke to her recently about Taiwan Mixed and her perspectives on how Taiwan or the Taiwanese can help when it comes to the stigmatization of COVID-19, which has been attributed to the recent rise in anti-Asian sentiment. Welcome to the podcast, Minnie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, yeah, so so happy to have you on the podcast. I wanted to have you on to talk about Taiwan Mixed and so that my audience could learn a little bit about what it's all about. Um, could you tell me where did the idea for Taiwan Mixed come from? Yeah, so um, Taiwan Mixed kind of branched out of this other organization called Project Taiwan. You can find them like online as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I initially joined that um, applied to join that initiative as well as like all my other um, co-founders and initially Project Taiwan was going to be a bilingual um, initiative, a bilingual organization but somewhere along the way they changed to only being like a Mandarin well, website and like everything on their social media if you go look is in Mandarin mm. so we felt like what we wanted to address, like what we felt we were best, well, one, we what we were both, what we were best suited to address, and also what we thought there was a need for, was an English-speaking platform, um, so we could like um, provide all these sources and also, you know, at times TLDR things for um, our audience in English because we felt like um, even like with our friends and even some people with their family, there's this like gap between um, like knowing the news and really understanding it because some people might not understand Mandarin as well as they would like to mm -hmm. and therefore don't really have access like real access to Taiwanese news mm -hmm. um, so that's that's how it kind of came about okay so well, how did you get it all started like what was the first step um, so we had a very vague idea for really just an English platform like that was it mm -hmm. um in the beginning and then so a team of us met like every week for a few months um late like late last year and we we asked ourselves a few questions so one what was the problem that we wanted to like to solve initially by joining project taiwan like for each of us mm -hmm. and that was like i previously said um like the lack of access to, to news mm -hmm. or to being informed that some people some people have. And then the second, you know, hypothetical question was how do we go in a, and address this problem, how to solve this problem? And so we kind of came around to having this English news aggregator um, on all things Taiwan, like all Taiwan news. Mm -hmm. So... And this, like, we wanted this to offer more than, like, the headlines. Because, obviously, if you want English headlines, you can just go and Google and, like, search Taiwan, mm -hmm. right? Like, go to Google News. And we wanted to include also things that might not make the headlines every day, right? Like, for example, today's headline would be COVID. But, obviously, there's a lot more happening in this on this island um, besides, besides COVID. Right. So we wanted to include that as well. And then since then... Um, we've kind of 
branched out to include like hosting events um, that we haven't hosted many, but that's that's kind of um, a plan for the future to continue in that direction. That's great. To be both both the aggregator and um, a community initiative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you guys have grown pretty quickly. How many followers do you have on Instagram right now? Do you know? Um, I think we have like a thousand. Yeah, you guys grew really Ish. fast. That's that's a huge yeah. accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> we were so surprised because we we did like a whole um, promo thing, like leading up to like a like a countdown situation. We mm-hmm. totally just like ripped off Project Taiwan for that. Countdown. And then on the day we like, you know, launched whatever. We got like we had like eight hundred followers. Wow. I was so surprised. I was truly expecting like sixty three. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. But I think that has less to do with us and more to do with like, um, like there's really a need for this, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, I was happy, and I'm sure my like the rest of the team was as well. That yeah. you know we didn't just make up a problem. <laughs> <laughs> What have been some of the challenges um, so far? Um, one thing that comes to mind, like, always is the coding stuff, like the website, mm. so- like, you know, website stuff. I'm yeah. completely, like, not well phrased um, in that kind of mm-hmm. computer science stuff. Oh, but okay. coding is always, like, website, like, UI, UX is always an issue because Right now, we're relying on, like, you know, like, Wix. Mm. Do you know Wix? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're relying on that. So our what we want the website to look like and how we want it to work is kind of limited to what Wix offers, although we do have, like, tech people on the team, so helpful, who, have, like, who are working constantly on, like, for example, we had to, we automated, um, like the articles we aggregate um, a while back, but that's always an issue because it's always like one problem at a time, and you always have something that, like you know, I would prefer for this square to like not look like this or like be somewhere <laughs> right. else, and yeah, um, and it just makes like using um, use like the experience so much better mm-hmm. if you could choose if you could change this like tiny tiny thing, right, um, right. Yeah, to have so it exactly like, how you want. Yeah, that immediately came to mind. Yeah, but I think um, on so on social media on Instagram, we post like weekly TLDRs where we choose either either like a hot topic, either a headline topic, mm-hmm. or something we find interesting and we hope we think our readers will also find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, that's not something that like we can always anticipate you know we can like put um like what do you guys want to read about on social media but it's hard to engage yeah i think um Mm -hmm. audience on social media and understandably so like i don't respond to yeah (laughs) like you know (laughs) so you guys only post once a week you have to pick one piece of content per week um yeah we have um multiple articles that Mm -hmm. are constantly refreshing on our website Mm -hmm. but we pick like one and sometimes two um, articles a week to really like dive into and mm-hmm. do a TLDR for people who might not mm-hmm. have the time right. to go onto our website. You right. know, because if you're scrolling Instagram, like everyone scrolls yeah. Instagram, yeah. you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want to make it more accessible to people who might not 
right. all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what content um, to post on Taiwan Mixed? Uh, I mean, you did earlier say it's not necessarily things that are in the headlines or in the mainstream media, but how do you decide what kind of content you're going to post or aggregate on Taiwan Mixed? So we are partnered with independent news sources, and um, yeah, like all our all our partners are independent media organizations Mm -hmm. and so like I said our posts are automated so whenever they post it automatically refreshes and updates on our website so that it shows on our website Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you go and click on an article it leads you to our partner websites so we don't personally write any articles Mm -hmm. we're we're an aggregator right so yeah so that's kind of how we we choose like we don't really choose it just kind of you know, we our partners post and then it comes on our website. Oh, but how do you choose who to partner with? Yeah. One thing that's important to us is independent, I think. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously if we wanted to partner with, like, TaiwanNews.com, we would be done. And, like, that's all we would ever need. Yeah. But we wanted... We, we were looking for um, media organizations that really... Well, first of all, reflect like our values like there's five of us on the team Mm -hmm. you know um and then second of all it was really important to us that they didn't just write about what was sensational Mm -hmm. right like what's on the news right Mm -hmm. now because everyone can just like i said google it yeah um but kind of more long-standing um social issues in taiwan Mm -hmm. for example um or even just, like, long-standing issues behind the headlines. Like, for example, recently, I think just yesterday, yeah, yesterday, um, there was a cluster in, um, like, they, they, a bunch of people tested positive, and they all, well, either worked at or frequented this, um, I can't remember the name, but this place in, mm-hmm. in Wanhua, in mm-hmm. Taipei. Mm-hmm. And it's called, like, like, the name is, like, Tea House or whatever, but um, from what I've heard, it's actually um, where a lot of sex workers work. Mm-hmm. And so our so what we're looking for from our partners is, yes, obviously, you mentioned, like, you know, the COVID cluster, but also the longstanding issue of when something like this happens, does that give, for example, police suddenly, like, the quote-unquote authority to then raid this place Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and that ties into like um criminalizing sex work Mm -hmm. etc etc right yeah interesting um so what would you say are the values of Taiwan mixed um i think we definitely skew a little more green Mm-hmm. Which is uh, which is actually also a challenge that I think we're facing because we obviously don't want to just present, you know, like one side of the Taiwanese um, political spectrum because mm-hmm. obviously Taiwanese politics is not black and white like that. It's mm-hmm. just not. Um, I think we, above anything else, we really do value, like the importance of freedom of speech, um, um, freedom. Press, I think that's what it is, right? Free press, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in a functioning democracy, mm-hmm. so that's like number one, right? Mm-hmm. Because without that, you can't have a functioning democracy. And no matter 
you know, what you and I support or don't support, individual politicians or even policies or even, like, institutions, there is that foundation of if we all believe that our system should be a democratic one, that we believe in democratic principles, then we can start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. Once that's gone, everything else crumbles because that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. So I think at the very least, it's it's that. It's really free and quality journalism and the importance of that. Mm -hmm. And obviously getting that out to people who live in Taiwan or who care about Taiwan or anything, mm -hmm. like anything Taiwan, right? Right. You, these are all stakeholders in a democracy and they deserve to know um, what's happening. I'm curious to know, um, since you're in Taiwan now, like what kind of feedback have you gotten from people in Taiwan, even though it is an English website, but I'm curious to know what's the, what's the reception been like? Um, yeah, I, I think that for the local, we haven't really gotten a lot of feedback from the local Taiwanese, you know, your average Taiwanese mm -hmm. person, because obviously um, that's not really our target audience. I think one piece of feedback we've gotten um but uh, is the is the whole thing is the whole like we skew to green thing mm -hmm. right like we're not we don't have a very diverse mm. in that respect source mm -hmm. of of partners or information mm -hmm. and that's that's also like you asked the question about challenges earlier and that's actually a really big one too because we've just found that um, in the very, very niche community of, like, you know, Taiwanese um, people who speak English and um, are in this line of work, there's just not many, like, blue-leaning English publications. Mm -hmm. um, if, every, if anyone hears this and, like, knows any, please... Because <laughs> um, um, that's obviously something we want to work on, um, providing a more diverse source of publications, mm -hmm. because we really want to reflect, right, like the real discourse in Taiwan. It's right. just in English. It doesn't mean um, certain opinions are gone or not valid. Right. Interesting. Um, and you also mentioned that um, you guys have started organizing some events. Could you tell me about some of the events that you organize and like, what's the thinking behind whether or not to do a live event? Yeah. Um, so we've really only organized two events. We've been around for like half a year. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> it feels like forever, but it's only been half a year. Um, the first one, the first event, we organized was virtual it was on clubhouse you know it was a couple months ago when clubhouse was like all the hype yeah um so it was on 228 the 228 incident and kind of um from that about decolonization in taiwan and transitional justice and what what that means so what we mainly wanted to address was you know what does 228 mean um, in Taiwanese history and to Taiwanese people and how that affects, you know, our lives and our society, even our culture, I think, and our politics now. And also the concept of colonization in Taiwan, because I think, well, in my opinion, Taiwan is like simultaneously colonial and post-colonial, right? Mm -hmm. Each colonizer kind of attempts to, 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 to cleanse Taiwan of any trace of its like former most recent colonizer 
mm-hmm. right? Like when when um, the KMT came to Taiwan in '49, they um, they really demonized like any Japanese right. influence, right? right? I mean, for like like understandably so. Like I understand why they had to do that, but you know, still bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you know when the Japanese came, they um, wanted local Chinese people to assimilate and you know when Chen Chong-gong came he mm-hmm. was here to like take out the Dutch you know it, mm-hmm. it, it's just the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again mm-hmm. and then obviously indigenous people always get destroyed in the state mm-hmm. um, and we and then the transitional justice part was kind of um, efforts on the government level right like how you pursue justice against perpetrators mm-hmm. without inciting like like an ethnic war, right? Because obviously that's that's not what we want. Um, and also, like these perpetrators are probably dead. Like it's been a while. So how do yeah. you go about that? Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then on a more societal level, what does transitional justice look like, right? And then also, kind of the elephant in the room: how do tra- um, cross straight relations factor into? this discussion because even though it might seem like you know on the surface um it has nothing to do with our current cross-strait relations with china everything has to do with (laughs) everything in taiwan has to do with china at the end of the day Mm -hmm. right Mm. yeah so that was kind of the very deep conversation behind that we had like panelists um we three panelists talk about that um and obviously like the inspiration was it was like early March, I believe. Mm-hmm, right. That was way clearly. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I was in that clubhouse. I did get the chance to hear. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was. That's great. Did you like it? <laughs> yeah, I learned something. I definitely learned something. It's very interesting. Great. And um, what what is it that you hope to achieve with uh, Taiwan Mixed? Um, we really want to... Um, first thing, bring Taiwan to the world. Um, that's very vague, but kind of just, <laughs> you know, that's what Taiwan wants to do, I think, right? Like that, that's what the government wants to do with all the Taiwan can help stuff. We want to bring Taiwan to the world. And because, well, one, obviously, for obvious reasons, what country doesn't want to be known on the world stage? But I also think that if Taiwan is known to the world, that is kind of a shield against... Chinese aggression or any aggression, right? Mm-hmm. Because if for, if people can see you, then it's harder to ignore. Right, there's accountability. Um, right, right, exactly. Um, and the second thing I think is bridging the language gap between, um, like, the Chinese diaspora, as well as like the English media community in like with Taiwan news slash content. Um, because like as a as it, yeah, I previously mentioned that I think access to news is also a big part of like what free press really does mm-hmm. mean. Because if you because a functioning democracy requires there requires there to not only be just like the law of freedom of press, but also freedom of press that actually effectively contributes to um, like citizens or stakeholders understanding of the news, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, education or, like, literacy is so important. Because mm-hmm. if you publish news, like, all real and very transparent news, but it's, like, in a language people don't understand, then it's 
is it really free speech? Right? And that's why I think, like, Taiwanese, like, the Taiwanese, like, language news outlets and, like, Hakka news outlets are so important for the same reason. Mm. And so I think um, the English-speaking, well, group is small in Taiwanese. It's very small, but it's also increasing. And also, isn't it, like, you know, part of democracy that we, you know, we, we try to provide for all, I think. Right. And um, I know you guys have only been around for six months, but um, what's your long-term plan, your future plans for Taiwan Mix? Like, do you see it um, evolving into something else, or you're just going to see what ha- let it evolve naturally, or what are your future plans or vision for Taiwan Mix? Um, I think as of right now, we're kind of still feeling it out. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we but we do hope that we can host more events online or you know in person events for for the community to talk about because there's so many issues that you can talk on like talk forever on. Um, so I think that's one very individual goal that we have, but in terms of like a very well thought out long term plan. We don't really have one <laughs> um, yet. Um, well, that's fine. Things change all the time. Uh, that's why I asked you if maybe you're just going to uh, let it evolve, you know, see where things go. And, yeah, maybe And sometimes that's what you do is you go with your flow. You can't predict what's going to become. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think definitely we want to, like, our main thing is still to cater to this community, right? So mm-hmm. if we get, like, if we receive some like suggestion from someone who's like you can do this and we're like wow I think that would really work to help this community then you know we'll do that so I think it's more of a our, our long-term like mission is really just to 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 to, to help right to help mm-hmm. um english-speaking community yeah. access Chinese mm-hmm. news and whatever whatever um Whatever goes with that, I think we we will we'll go with. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, obviously you have hit on something because the success of your Instagram and um, you are meeting a need clearly. And the other reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast was because I've actually done a few episodes on the topic of anti-Asian hate, and um, I was thinking to myself, how does this impact Taiwanese Americans or Taiwanese or what's the role of Taiwanese in this uh, anti-Asian hate crimes or hate incidences? And I came across an article that you wrote, hashtag Taiwan can help curb anti-Asian sentiment, stop saying Wuhan pneumonia. Um, So before we talk about the article we wrote, could you talk about and explain the origin of the hashtag for people that don't know, the hashtag Taiwan can help? Yeah, I think um, at its core, Taiwan can help is really promoting Taiwan's um, soft power. So I guess trying to um, strengthen relationships um, with other countries and also emphasize their significance, um, like the whole bringing Taiwan to the world Mm -hmm. um, idea. And um, this is, like, from Taiwan Can Help. There's a website that's, like, I'm pretty sure TaiwanCanHelp.com or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's really about, so 
sharing our experience and like what we've learned from the SARS um, epidemic mm-hmm. in what was it 2003 yeah and also providing like providing medical resources to countries all around the world right so one thing that we've done really well is transparency I think and a very I think our citizen like a very a very strong sense of responsibility among citizens um, and also and how that contributes to to, to, to how we, well we've done with handling the, pandem- the pandemic, even though, well, currently we, we're kind of having an outbreak, but, mm-hmm. you know, in the long, um, in the past year. Um, and I think, for example, like our press conferences and how, like, a lot of companies have coordinated, I believe, to, to in the beginning, to um, manufacture masks, even though that might not be their line of production. Um, like, how quick our response was, stuff like that. So that all demonstrated how we handled ourselves really well. But I think the next step was to kind of share this with the international community to help. Um, I think, obviously, one, I think the government does have a genuine intention to help. But obviously, there's also um, a factor of, like, you know, this can be what, kind of boost Taiwan on the international stage um, yeah so that's that's Taiwan can help right and there was um, a full page ad in the New York Times or something uh, for the Taiwan can help hashtag and they're yeah. um, you know tr- really trying to promote that so moving on to the article you wrote basically um, you go into why the Taiwanese should stop using the term Wuhan pneumonia and um, could you talk about the origin of the term and the connotation? Because I believe this is probably comes more from the term in uh, Chinese um, and why it's so widely used in Taiwan. Um, as you pointed out in your article, the term is even routinely used by government and news agencies. Yeah, so I think quite literally Taiwan just needed a name for this strange unknown virus right like early very early in 2020 even late in um 2019 i believe so i think that's where it came from it came from we just need to call this thing something right if you if there's an unknown object that's like that happens to be the color blue sitting on your table you're gonna call it that blue thing Mm -hmm. right this virus came from wuhan um a place in china so i think we called it Wuhan Feiyan, so Wuhan virus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now, I mean, it's it's been a while, and now the WHO has given it a name, right, COVID-19 or coronavirus. And I think now the usage of Wuhan Feiyan in Taiwan, I think among people, it's, it's kind of just a habit, right? Like, this is what we've always called it, so this is what I'm going to continue to call it, because why not? But I think among um, the government and maybe even news agencies, there is that kind of attempt to to navigate the this this nature of the power imbalance between China and Taiwan, kind of sticking it to China, I think, um, and like thinking they're really doing something, but I, I don't think they are. I think they're actually even just infuriating China even more and that's that's not helpful because that's kind of a 
that's kind of like when you do something out of spite, but it actually hurts you in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, like you brag about something premature, knowing it'll hurt your like long term goals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it is to me. I think it's irresponsible um, to continue using this term, um, the very least on a government on a government level. Mm-hmm. Um. In the article, you mentioned that um, you guys had an event on March 28th um, for hashtag Stop Asian Hate. Well, it was it was called the Stop, hashtag Stop Asian Hate Community Forum, right? And um, was the article that you wrote inspired by the discussion that came out of that event? Um, yeah, so um, kind of. Um, before... Before our event, so during like promo promo time, um, um, Kwang Yin Liu, who was I believe the editor in chief of um, the Commonwealth magazine, mm-hmm. the English version of mm-hmm. the Commonwealth magazine, mm-hmm. reached out to us on Facebook and um, basically proposed this idea that we write an op-ed addressing the problem, like what can Taiwan do to help combat Asian hate in the West. So mm-hmm. that was the real like. Um, that, that was the real the like, root of this all. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but it was also, I think, inspired by one of the questions that we already had um, for the event, that we had prepared for the event. Mm-hmm. So it was um, considering the systemic power imbalance between China and Taiwan, what are your thoughts on Taiwanese people like within Taiwanese society calling COVID-19 Wuhan virus or Wuhan pneumonia? Mm-hmm. So... Um, so kind of these two things combined, I think. I think at first when we saw the question, like, what can Taiwan do to combat Asian hate in the West? We were like, I mean, I don't know. Like, what is this What's the connection, yeah. going to do? Right. Like, what are we going to do besides, like, I don't know, fundraise? Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, be there for our friends and family uh-huh, in America. Uh-huh. And then eventually I think we talked about it and then we kind of connected these dots. And so that was kind of how the article came about. So what was the reaction when this topic of discussion came up for the uh, Wuhan pneumonia term? Uh, how did people react? Um, I think at the event, most people like agreed with me for the most part, at least in my group, because we split off into into like small groups, mm-hmm. like small discussion groups mm-hmm. um, at one point during the event. And I think most people in my group more or less agreed with me and we didn't really talk about this question for a very long time mm-hmm. um partly because of time but also because mm-hmm. there just wasn't a lot of of strong opinions on this topic um most people agreed that you know we should um we like we should you know if we can steer away from using this term even in chinese mm-hmm. What would be the term then that's something that's a little bit more neutral or equivalent to a term like COVID-19? Well, I think COVID-19. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know if there's a Chinese equivalent or Taiwanese equivalent. I think in Chinese it would just be Xinguanfei. Right, that would be, that, that, that is COVID-19 translated. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I don't think we need like a laundry list of, of choices. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's necessary. So I think that that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what do you say to people? Like, I mean, I'm sure there may be some people who don't see anything wrong with using the term. Um, 
Wuhan pneumonia, and especially within Taiwan, what if they're like saying, well, it's it's just a commonplace and it's a shorthand, and we've always used it in Taiwan, and what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there's always things that we've always done and we've always said, and we've always believed that change because that's you know that's that's literally the nature of change. Um, I think I would say like I. I feel you. Like I get you. Um, I was one of those kids who was like, um, like screw China, like you know all of them, like the whole, like China and the whole China, everything. But I think the Taiwanese experience in this, like right now, in the reality that we live in, doesn't justify it because I think like there is this is a very mild. Change that you can make in your life, right? It, it's like an inconvenience, maybe, and it could possibly prevent bad things from happening. So why wouldn't you do it, right? Like maybe I'm wrong, and there is absolutely no connection between what we say in Taiwan to refer um, to this virus as and the hate crimes happening in the West. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe I'm right. You know, like there. There is a very well-researched link between, um, like for example, Trump using China virus, Chinese virus, Kung flu, whatever, and rising Asian hate crimes. So, if there is a possibility that you making this change could, you know, prevent bad things from happening, then then why wouldn't you do it? But I also realize that like any criticism of this this like usage without understanding. You know, without like true understanding of Taiwanese history and society, is 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 shallow. I think because obviously it's different than in the West. In the West, it's like it's racist to say it, don't say it, period. But in Taiwan, there is a very you have to factor in like you know our relationship with China, our historical relationship with China, even our government, everything like that. Um, yeah, I think. Just that Taiwan is not, you know, an insulated bubble where nobody else can hear what we say. Um, and like the Taiwanese government actually has used this term um, in an in, in an international context. Um, the deep like there's a DPP re- like representative who used Wuhan virus mm-hmm. at a forum in Dubai. Mm. I, I, I don't know when, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, recently. So this isn't just something that, like, oh, we'll just say this in Taiwan, and then when we leave, we'll say something else, because mm. obviously, obviously this has happened. Right, and it carries over if that's if that's a habitual term that you use, and then if it gets carried into the, an international event, then it gets translated, right? So... That's interesting. So are there any other problematic terms used for um, COVID-19 in Taiwan besides the Wuhan pneumonia term? Not that I know of. Is there anything else you'd like to explain a little bit more in depth about, you know, what you explained as the reasoning behind why we shouldn't use this term or maybe like the complexity of why people do use this term because as you alluded to it has to do with the historical relationship between Taiwan and China I think that well kind of a disclaimer I guess like obviously for example the average person in in let's say Jianghua right where both of our families are from mm-hmm. Using the term Wuhan Fei probably won't 
like it probably doesn't really matter, right? Just but kind of to this isn't this might not be the best example, but the average person in Zhanghua saying the N word also means nothing mm-hmm. in that very in that Zhanghua in that society in Zhanghua and mm-hmm. would most likely have very little consequences. But that doesn't make it any less of like an inconsiderate decision to make it doesn't make it less racist just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i think that's also part of the thinking behind it um and i've also i think after after this article was published um i also gotten some like there was there was there's a lot of like twitter um drama i mm-hmm. think on it yeah was, tell like, me wow. what happened from, I kind of like watched from the side. Um, I think obviously there were trolls and you ignore those. But some I think real points of criticism included um, like this is a very American centric point of view. Um, and I think like I can understand why people said that, right? Because it's like in the West we say don't say China virus because it's racist, right? Like that's a very simple open and shut argument. But carrying it over to Taiwan requires a lot more, I think, nuanced understanding of Taiwanese culture and society and why people say it and what what the government like what the strategy is behind the government saying this, right? Because the government isn't just going to make a decision for no reason. Um and I think, I mean, I'm not sure if, because I can't be sure if everyone read the article or how, if they skimmed it or if they, like, read it or if they, like, spent 30 minutes, you know, analyzing it. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I personally think I kind of explain how, like, I understand um, the societal, how complex like the societal aspect is mm-hmm. in all of this and how you know our relationship to China and our relationship with our own government you know just a couple decades ago really influences I think the, the decisions we make now including the decision um, to, to, to continue saying one virus um, but I but my argument is that yes all of this and like I say this as someone who um, I was born and raised in Taiwan, like, I get it, my family is entirely Taiwanese, however, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm just a Taiwanese person who happens to speak English, I'm not an American. Um, <laughs> and um, there was also criticism that said that this, like, tiny, tiny change isn't going to do anything, like, it's not going to amount to anything, um, or, like, is it, it, it's not effective, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Which I think, like, you know what, like, you know, maybe, like, maybe it really isn't effective, but I I think it's a small change to make, and it's not that big of an inconvenience, and, you know, it's kind of the Taiwanese spirit to, like, you know, it's something might be an inconvenience to you, but you do it anyways, because, you know, it's for the greater good, or it might be for the greater good, you know, you stay home, even though you might not have the virus. You probably don't have the virus, but you do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was some criticism about how there are things missing, like there are aspects of this debate that I didn't write about, um, that I didn't include. And like, yes, there are definitely things that I didn't include. 
and I didn't write about. Um, because, Do you care I mean, to talk this, about that here, or is that just <laughs> too involved to get into? Um, there was, um, I can't exactly remember all of them, and I don't want to, like, and these are, like, very specific right. things that, right. and I don't want to, like, call anyone out, because that's not my intention. Um, so I think I'm going to stay away from specific <laughs> things. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... I mean, this is like, I, I don't know, a thousand words-ish, right? Like, I'm not writing a book. There's yeah. going to be things that I, I I miss. Because what I'm essentially trying to say is words have consequences. So given that you have a choice, you know, choose the one that has less potential to, to hurt others. <laughs> That's essentially what I'm trying to say. Um, it's just with, like, just including... Um, like, like I understand why we say this. Like I'm Taiwanese as well. Like I get it. I get it. I get it. However, you know, maybe don't say it. That's mm-hmm. essentially the argument I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like an expert on, you know, like foreign relations or like regionalism, <laughs> the, the <laughs> dynamics of this and that. Um, so I think that that was one thing that's like very very valid because there's definitely times where I've like read stuff and been like you literally didn't include like this whole side of like this argument or this this discussion that is very important um uh, but I think with everything that like you put out into the world like there's going to be criticism some of it is going to be very valid some of it is going to be literally just background noise Mm. and um, I don't know. I didn't personally respond to any of it because I didn't think it was is appropriate. But um, some of my um, two of my um, co-founders, at Taiwan Makes, Selena and Rora, they really, mm-hmm. they really like, <laughs> they really defended me out there. So I have to say thank you to them. Oh. Uh, What's your Twitter handle uh, if people want to look at that discourse? <laughs> oh, I don't have Twitter. So oh, oh do you mean Taiwan Makes? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah. so it's under the Taiwan mixed uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. It's Taiwan mm. underscore mixed. That's oh, okay. Taiwan mixed. Mm-hmm. Mixed apostrophe s. Yeah. Um, no, I was just curious because I'm I'm sure some listeners may be curious and be wanting to go on Twitter and seeing what uh, some of the discourse was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you probably have to scroll a lot because it was a while ago. Um, sure. But it's there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> dedicated enough mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah. it's there yeah. um well i mean it, it's 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 an interesting point that you bring up i mean early on the pandemic you know when the chinese were being blamed and they're they're still being blamed for the spread of coronavirus um there were different asian american groups who tried to distinguish themselves by saying hey i'm vietnamese I'm not Chinese, yeah. I'm Korean, I'm not Chinese, or all that, right. but um, that wasn't very constructive, and we can see that it really doesn't matter, because in North America, everyone just gets lumped under the category of Asian. People can't distinguish. Right, yeah, and they don't care to distinguish, because mm-hmm. if someone is going to spit in your face, they're not going to you know, ask what you are first. This is not going to happen. You know, anyone who's going to ask won't spit in your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I saw this, um, I don't know if it was a tweet or something, or like a meme even, but it was something like this This person, so whoever was posting it, I'm assuming is like a teenager or something, um, 
was like um them and their mom were going out to like the store and their mom like starts like speaking to them in I think it was Vietnamese. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a language, an Asian language, that's not Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Mom, like, why are you doing that? And their mom goes like, oh, I'm I'm speaking Vietnamese so that, like, people know we're not Chinese. And that person was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, like I'm, like, my mom is so precious. Like, she thinks that that racist. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that they can tell. is able to distinguish. <laughs> right. And then, like, care to distinguish um, between the two, which I found really funny. <laughs> Interesting. Great. Um, so if um, people want to learn more about you or Taiwan Mixed, um, where can they find you? We're on Facebook. We're Taiwan Mixed. It's two words. Um, and then on Instagram, it's t- tw.mixed. That's our handle on Instagram. And then on Twitter, we're tw underscore mixed. They're different because Twitter and Instagram just allow different um, punctuation mm-hmm. marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so those that's our social media, and then obviously our main our main character is TaiwanMix.org. It's a website. It's the news aggregator that you know that is our that, like that's our main in- initiative. Um, that's where we aggregate um, like articles, news sources from our partners. Um, and that's yeah, that, that's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. And uh, how does someone become a partner? Well, some some of them reach out and. Um, it's not a very, you know, harsh screening process, <laughs> but some of them reach out to us, we reach out to some of them. If we, if one of us like sees either like a social media account or a website or something that relates to Taiwan, it's an, it's in English and we, you know, kind of very quickly like, you know, go through it, make sure they're, they're legit. We reach out to them. It's very informal. I think mm-hmm. it's not like you know, applying for a job. I think I saw something on your website that allows people to submit also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go on our website, um, there should be a, um, like, a contact us form where you can, like, leave your name, your email, and then, like, a message, and we'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, well, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with my listeners? Go check out the one <laughs> Go follow us. So I can be even more in awe at um, how many people um, um, want this and how many people it does something for, because that's always really nice. Um, And if you're interested in um, the article, um, go read it. It's it's on Commonwealth Magazine, the English section. Yes, Um, we will include a link to it on our website for this episode. Yeah, that website like tracks views, and we're at nine hundred and eight right now. So it's really exciting. We broke a thousand. That's great. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's it. help. Let's help her break a thousand reads. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for making the time to be on that podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for reaching out. This is like really exciting. I've never been on a podcast before. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Minnie Sun about Taiwan Mixed and the article she wrote for Commonwealth Magazine. Taiwan can help curb anti-Asian sentiment. Stop saying Wuhan pneumonia. Since we spoke and before this interview was released, the article already broke 1,000 views. We will share a link to the article and any of the items mentioned in this episode on our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. 
Talking Taiwan publishes new episodes on a weekly basis, and our work is made possible by the generous donations of our supporters and listeners like you. Help us to grow and continue producing engaging content by supporting us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan. We are offering supporters invitations to a quarterly AMA or Ask Me Anything session with me, Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan. Advanced notification of future guests, a Talking Taiwan tote bag, and other mystery gifts. If you enjoyed this episode of Talking Taiwan, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, tell a friend about us, or help others to discover Talking Taiwan by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.